and that's then, the first thing. Yeah, we get somebody new at the club, and they come nothing, nothing against CrossFit. It's just they don't different style. Yeah. yeah, they're immediately banging them out, right? I'm like, literally, I have to go sit down, like they don't three, sit five down. minutes, and they're like, huh? I'm like, bro, it's the best thing about out. weightlifting. Yeah, I literally, sit down. I was like, I was like, that's the best part of weightlifting. You get to be lazy. You get a chair. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bass with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Triumph Every Day. We discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And uh, today we have Dylan Scott uh, from Backwoods Barbell, just down the road from us. Um, kind of down the road from us. You're, not, you're like, what, two exits down? Yeah, just two exits. Two I mean, exits. Which, I, made it, I think in, I made it here in like six minute drive. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Which in Kentucky can be, you know, depending on where you're at. Two exits could be 15 miles apart. Yeah, like the Hebron Petersburg yeah. exit. What's that, like 11 miles? Yeah, I know. Between one exit? I missed my exit. Now I'll yeah. see you in a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where, are you, where are you originally from, Dylan? So, I was born and raised right here in uh, Hebron, Boone County. Um, my family has been out there since like the late 30s. I grew up in the same house my grandpa grew up in, or my mom grew up in. Stayed local, bought a house mile down the road from the farm and Ended up becoming a fireman for Hebron, uh, where I was born and raised, and have no plans of ever leaving. I guess something actually cool about that, because a lot of people, uh, how old are you right now? I'm, I turned 29 in a few weeks. All right, so we're all roughly around the same age. I think a lot of people uh, in our age range is this, like, get out, you know, go do something, and then, but it's funny, because then you watch, you know, these little snippets about... Ethel's been making the same biscuits and gravy right. for 49 years and mm-hmm. they're the most amazing and it's like but that's what it takes to like perfect something and there's there's no shame if you will in like being in love with where you're oh, from yeah you know? I, I, mean, I think that's like I don't like I don't you said we're pretty good close in age I know like a lot of my buddies out of you know right out of high school that went to college somewhere you know maybe in state or even if it went out of state that but they had that dream of like oh I'm gonna go to California I'm gonna go to New York or whatever yeah. and to me, I think I was traveling's like, important. Yeah, but I'm know? saying like, you know, they think that, you know, oh, there's nothing going on in Boone County or Northern Kentucky. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if you don't think something's going on here, make something happen. Yeah, right. I don't know. And for me, like I had a lot of family ties in this area and I didn't want to leave it. And I yeah. just, you know, one of my, one know. of my favorite responses, cause a lot of people will say that about Cincinnati and you know, Mark's from a pretty small town and I'm from Cincinnati area. So like, you know, still a small city, but, uh, not necessarily a super small town, but, um, just one of those things like, oh, Cincinnati is so boring. It's like, have you ever been to the top of Crew Tower? That's always my first yeah. ask. And it's like, it's $2, and it's one of the coolest views you can yeah. possibly get in the city. And it's like, you haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the things that are even around you. You just have this tiny worldview of like, well, this is boring. It's right. like, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's, it's well, what the, you're doing. The with world, the- I just heard this quote recently, the world reflects what you project, right? So if you're projecting negativity all the time, guess what? You're going to see negativity. But if you're a positive person, I mean, let's be honest. Like you said, you can grow up wherever you grow up. If you're positive, it's going to reflect positivity. It's just just a mindset. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I've traveled a lot, but I always, you know, every time I travel somewhere, I'm like, dang, I really want to go back home. Like. Mm-hmm. To me, I think it's the coolest area. Well, there's 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 worldview, right? Like you, it's important to travel. Um, oh, for sure. It's important to travel uh, to get different perspectives on things. But uh, the cool thing is, is when you do go back home and you can make take those perspectives and you know sew them into your own kind of fabric and things like that. So, um, but so that that's awesome. When did you become a firefighter? Uh, I, goodness, I started. Um, 
going up to the firehouse when I was in high school was like a high school intern. They had this program called Explorers. Hmm. You can go up when you're under 18 and start to get training hours. You can't like ride the fire truck or go to fires, but you can get training hours. Mm-hmm. Kind of jump starts it a little bit. And then I became a college intern um, for Hebron as well. Um, right out of high school, did that for a few years. And then I got hired full time in July, July of 2011. So what's that coming up on my eighth, eighth year now? Yep. Yeah. How has that changed with the expansion of Hebron? <laughs> Dude, it's, I wouldn't have a job unless it was for all the expansion out there. So, you know? so like, I mean, obviously, if, you know, for the listeners that it don't wasn't know. It was for people setting fire to things. Right, uh, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. But, like, for those that don't know much about Hebron, the area I live in, it was a very rural community, but now it's a huge Amazon, Amazon hub. Um, right. So we got, like, the Amazon Return Center there. No matter where you live in the United States, if you return something, it goes to Hebron. So we have that, we have Wayfair, we have these huge companies that are there. And so what's it like doing an inspection? <laughs> do you guys do the inspections? Dude, I actually, oh yeah, so we do all the inspections of every building that we have, every commercial building inside of Hebron. And to be honest, the big warehouses that are ran by big corporations mm-hmm. are way easier. Oh, I'm sure. Because usually they have yeah. a safety guy or someone that's dedicated to that. Well, but when you go to the mom and pop place and they got like seven thousand extension cords and mm-hmm. every fire code in the world it's like oh man like i don't yeah. want to be busting you know well and not to up. mention generally a pole barn is designed not to catch fire uh-huh. you get right like, well yeah they're so they're all those big buildings are it's called tilt up concrete so the walls what they actually do is they pour a slab of concrete on the ground mm-hmm. and then once it dries they just tilt it up Oh, wow. that's so what they did right yeah. off two seven or uh, seventy five or yeah, 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 yeah. whatever that is out that's there cool. now. Yeah, it's all it's all tilt up concrete, all is, of them. Is the Amazon place a million square feet? No. So no. in Hebron, there is two places that are a million square feet, um, oh, wow. but that's including mezzanines. Okay. Now I believe that's so crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we have like Fran is I think eight hundred thousand square feet, and that's on one level. Jeez. And then Toyota's a million plus, and then Levi's a million plus. But I think in the area, the Wayfair building out in Florence, I yep. think that might be a million now. And That's then the eBay big. one in Richwood, and then obviously the new one that they're building out by the airport. That's mm-hmm. like a bajillion yeah. square feet or something insane. Yeah, we were driving on the 275. This is going to be real interesting for all the people not from the area, by the way. Uh-uh. <laughs> right, like, but what like, are they talking I was, about? Uh-huh. I was driving down 275 the other day, and like... The the airstrip is separate for all the Amazon planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna. Said, have- dude, this thing was coming in. It literally looked like you could reach out and grab it. It was oh, that yeah. loud. It was <laughs> massive. And uh, they're so slow. They look like it's like they're coming in so slow. Like it's gonna drop. It's gonna drop. I know. Take so, it out of the world. So uh, so going from uh, basically starting out in high school as a uh, kind of interning, if you will, becoming a full time firefighter. Is that just like something you? always wanted to do or is it something you piqued your interest as you started just hanging out the firehouse um so this will sound kind of corny um but it's so now september 11th happened Mm. and i was young when it happened but you know that was still extremely prevalent in our lives and as i aged i'm like man like i want to do something that helps our community Mm. and of course the first thing was military right i want to do military and then i was starting to think about it i'm like man you know as much as I would love to be in the military, I don't know if that's the path I want to go down, but I still want to do something for my community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, how can I impact that town and community that I actually was born and raised in? And mm-hmm. I was like, man, a fireman would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends in high school, he did the, the Explorer thing, kind of asked him about it. 
just started kind of going up there, and I was like, yeah, this is it, man. This is, mm-hmm. you know, you get to, you know, you're 16 or 15, you're getting to, you know, play with all these big tools and stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, boys are boys, and it was awesome, and then I got my EMT and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah, this is 100% what I want to do. Like, there's no no doubt about it, so. We're, uh, we're uh, Mark, I don't know how far you are in the, the grit book that we're reading right now, so we, we read books together as coaches, and the uh, uh, we're reading a book by Angela Duckworth right now called Grit, and I just actually passed a, a point in the book where they're talking about Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Speaking mm-hmm. of, and they're talking about just a crazy, quirky kid. His, you know, he was kind of growing up, and he was basically skipping school because he skipping after lunch in high school so that he could go talk to this professor that was letting him do um, experiments with uh, draft and developing airplane wings and all this stuff so instead of scolding him the whole point of me saying this instead of scolding his mom found a way that like hey let's do this legally and then would foster these kinds of things so like when you find these this the whole point of this is talking about you know you're not just hey i went to a firehouse once and i want to be a firefighter it's these little tiny you know different things that happen to where you're like oh i think this is something i can really do with my life oh for sure yeah so, uh, yeah, that's just kind of relevant to what we were talking about there. Um, where does, uh, I don't want to jump ahead too far, where does weightlifting kind of start to come into play? <laughs> right? Where does that come in at? So, uh, it actually comes in from the fire department. Um, I was, so to be a firefighter in the state of Kentucky, you have to have this um, card, it's called a CPAC card, uh, Cadet, Physical, Cadet Physical Agility Test. Um, it's just a physical test to make sure that you're phys- physically fit enough to do the job and you know right now I'm like 130 pounds or 140 pounds then I was about the same weight but not nearly strong did a practice test failed it miserably mm. I was like oh my gosh I'm never going to become a full-time fireman I'm a little dude like I'm 5'3 mm-hmm. and part of that test is a dummy drag and it kicked my butt my lieutenant at the time was into fitness and this was at the era where CrossFit was pretty much just on main site, right? Mm-hmm. There was some, um, at this time, the only local gym I'm pretty sure was Cross River, Kentucky. And so we would get on main site, we're like, hey, you know, I think we found this thing, it kind of looks kind of cool, kind of played with it at the firehouse as much as, you know, best as we can type situation. You know, we didn't have equipment, but we tried to make our own. Got into that for a little bit, started getting a little healthier. I'm like, okay, well this is definitely showing improvement for my um, performance at the firehouse, mm-hmm. so. Then enjoyed it a lot. Ended up going up to Cross River, Kentucky, being a member there for a long time. Ended up coaching there um, as a CrossFit coach, and pretty quickly, actually, I started to like. Man, I think these snatch things and cleanser things are way more fun for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, eh, the cardio. Like, I probably should do it, but I really just want to lift heavy. So pretty, you know, pretty common in this era of you know weightlifting right now. A lot mm-hmm. of people are coming out of that CrossFit world. And, and I'm one of them. Um, so yeah, you find your niche, right? And you find um, things that you can pick and, and choose out of out of the the sport of and the, you know. I think I think the the point of CrossFit is still very prevalent, even in a weightlifter's world. Like we still do a lot of things that wow, this feels a lot like CrossFit, right, you yeah. know. But sets of eight squats, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fives, fives is sixty five percent. You're like, well, that feels a lot like CrossFit, yeah. you know. Brutal. Um, but I agree with you, just finding those little tiny things that you can start to really dial in on, that was the big draw for me. Right. You know, because um, it's like, I don't want to say, and it sounds weird, 
like not that like everything I do is perfect, but it's like I feel like I got to a point where it's like I don't need to practice pull-ups anymore. I don't need to practice how to do a wall ball, but I really need to practice how to, you know, snatch, snatch and clean. Right. And yeah, that was the same thing, you know. I wanted to be a good crossfitter and me being little as I am, you know, I could bust out pull-ups all day, right? Cuz I was just little. But I was like, "Oh my gosh, if there's, you know, a clean and jerk at 155 and a Metcon, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So I, I did pretty much at this time, I'll, I know a lot of people still do it. You get online, weightlifting program, first thing that pops up, Catalyst Athletics. Mm-hmm. Pulled off one of their programs, printed mm-hmm. it off, tried to do it, butchered it to, you know, all, as terrible as I possibly could pretty much. But I was like, wow, this is actually really fun. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of started with that. And then Alex is my assistant coach. He went to CrossFit Kentucky. We started kind of lifting together, and then, you know, there's the whole story of how Backwoods Barbell began. But, yeah, me and him started lifting together. Didn't really know what we were doing, but Alex had a really good fitness background and kind of took off. That's awesome, man. I mean, I think, and again, I think if you really talk to anybody, that's kind of, it it may be a different starting point, but a lot of those parallels are going to be exactly the same. It's like, wow, I really enjoy doing this, and there's not access to this outside of, you know, Cal Strength, Cal Athletics. Yeah. There's a few you know, a few gyms here and there that are really doing something. But I mean, for the most part, you're, they're pulling knowledge from books from the eighties written by, you know, Slovakians and Romanians and Russians. And so like, you're like, well, I'll just do whatever's available. And then you start to develop your own style, your own program. And, uh, and it kind of really takes off from there. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause when that started, I definitely looked into like joining a weightlifting club. And at that time, the only club in the area was Cincinnati weightlifting. Yep. And I was young, broke, and you know, could I couldn't afford a CrossFit membership. So hours I, right, I couldn't afford a CrossFit CrossFit membership. I was coaching for my membership, right. and I was like, well, there's no way I can afford a weightlifting membership. You know, as much as I would have loved to. You know, Chris Cleary's been around for a long time, and I know he's smart. I've met him. I'm like, I can't do it. So yeah, I just kind of went off of online programs, mm-hmm. did it myself, and then uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know, I ended up going to Russia. To oh, tra- cool. Yeah, I trained over there for a month, um, and that's. You know, uh, where I got a lot of my knowledge of the sport. Yeah, and what was that like? <laughs> yeah, well, first off, how did that how did that come about? Is that just something you kind of seeked out? So, um, Dmitry Kolkov offered a international training camp. Um, so, did you he punch? Pl- did he punch you in the face like that one video? Oh, man. Pretty much. That's one of the best yeah. videos Dude, I've ever seen. So, however intense you think he is, uh-huh. multiply it by a thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, he's very intense. I got, I got a really good. I want you to finish, but I do have a. Speaking of intensity, I think everybody in the weightlifting world, hate him or love him, knows John North. Oh yeah. Everybody, you know. I love him. You can like you can hate on him, but like he's done a lot for the sport. He's a psychotic, crazy dude. Uh, had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. He had a heart attack. Yeah. Did he you, actually, yeah, he died. Did you yeah, go? Did you go down to that no, camp? All right. No, so I we we all packed like, in this in this a little SUV and six of us in a five-person SUV and drove down to North Carolina, CrossFit Steel Creek, and John and Jessica were doing a a camp there. And like, it was just like, hey, I really like, I think I like this stuff. And again, he's like talking about hit and catch and like all these things that like, they make sense now because I know what he's saying, but like, that's not the way you should be coaching people when they first start, if that makes sense. But I just remember he had count them three trentas before lunch he brought two so trenta if you guys are watching it's about the size of this blender bottle he had two of them 
and then took his wife, who drank about this much, and drank the, the other one. Drank the third one, and then came back from lunch with like another monster energy. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, I think everyone, you know, when you're coaching a big group of people, even a small group of people, and you're all doing the same drill, and you, you hear everybody's feet move, and it's like, bang, and it's just, it feel it's satisfying, right? Because you you start to feel people are starting to get it. I swear to God, I thought he was gonna punch you a brick wall. Oh, like, he was man. that intense. Like he, I shook his hand, and he like. He looked through the back of my head, like it was that intense, like it was that level of intensity. So it's I can definitely relate to that. Maybe not on the same level. So go on, go oh, on. No. I mean, yeah, John North, like, so like, yeah. Well, I'll get back. We'll we'll get back to that. But yeah. John North, like, we have a TV in our weightlifting mm-hmm. club, and I'll throw on YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And the first thing, if someone's brand new, the first thing I do is pull up that YouTube video of John North rants and yells. And that's just an hour long. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you want to know what weightlifting is? Pretty much be this guy, right? Shankle. Like, yeah, yeah. Yell Shankle. So we, <laughs> yell random nonsense. Yeah. So and, we did. Uh, we did go. Um, we actually, John invited us to come watch them train at Muscle Driver him the following day. Oh, the whole team when he was there. The following yeah. day. So we showed up at Muscle Driver. Mind you, we went out the night before, so we're all it was like 2011. Right? Yeah, we're yeah. Uh, yeah. So we are like brand new. It's North Carolina. CrossFit Nanos hasn't haven't even come out yet. Yeah, North Carolina <laughs> summer. Midday, we're all extremely hungover, and we show up, and Glenn Penlay is just—I mean, he's like, "Who the fuck are yeah. these guys? Like, what are, you up doing? what are you doing here?" And John's like, "Well, I invited him," and that was the first time I'd ever seen Donnie Schenkel. And for speaking of Donnie Schenkel, it's like aging myself in the weightlifting world. Like 2011 is ancient, but he pulls up and like late '80s Nissan oh, pickup so truck. Awesome. He's not wearing a shirt. Just pulls up, no shirt, Jeez. windows rolled up, and he gets out and he's got Adidas track pants on, like, and just starts, and he's like, oh, he's, he's recovering, Penlay is talking, he's like, oh, he's recovering from an injury, and so he's doing 135, started, started at 135, went up to like 155 overhead squats. <laughs> And he just and I'm not and I'm not exaggerating. Kilos. Um, right? Yeah, kilos. So for you non weightlifters, it's kilos. So I'm not exaggerating. He behind the neck push press is like 150 and just starts overhead. So I was like, yeah, he's recovering from an injury. Dude, Don. His back had abs. I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that, that like people were like, I'm like, oh man, Donnie's Donnie's by far one of or is my favorite U.S. lifter. And a lot of people that are new in the sport are like, he is. I'm like, dude, yeah, he's a freaking monster. Yeah. And they're like. Like literally every time, he's got like a garbage belly, man. He looks like he just crawled out of a truck. You know, belly. if you ever watch, I'm that, like, no, dude, look at him on his back. Watch like, that old video of him uh, hang cleaning two tw- or two hundred, two two hundred. He did it like two times or something. He did a shankle complex. Yeah, okay, but yeah, yeah, hang. Yeah. It was hang clean plus jerk. Yeah. But that was right after he did he the jerk, jerk at. Anyway, the jerk made him went up to two hundred, two twenty. Yeah, I don't know. But is that it? video is what so many people got into weightlifting for, right? Mm-hmm. That's all, you just watch old Cal Strength videos, man, and then watch Donnie and John get crazy with it. Yeah, so anyways, those guys are super moving awesome. on. Yeah. Donnie's guys on weightlifting club now. He dude, Second one now. The dude's like very, very stoic. I actually yeah. went to, uh, we had Stephen Flame on here, went to a seminar where Donnie was at, and just, that so Stephen, yeah, he, he could narrate a book. Stephen hits a, uh, so everybody's using pounds, 275 pound clean, and he goes to jerk it, and he dips, and it sounds like the Velcro on his shoe rips, but it's actually it's actually his, the dude's it's actually his patellar tendon. Was this that Cincinnati strength? 
And I've heard this story. So it's Steven. It's the owner. And so they uh, <laughs> they call an ambulance. And basically Steven's like, I'm not getting an ambulance. So they shoot them away. And literally as it happens, so if you can imagine, take take your weightlifting shoe and rip the Velcro. That's what it is. I thought like, I was like, is she, you know, like was it Zion Williams? Like shoe just bust? Mm-hmm. Like no, it was his patella tendon ripping. And then Donnie leans back and looks over there. And leans forward, he goes, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> and then so. he's like, all right. And then, you know, and he's like, all right, we're going to work up to a heavy single front squat. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I was like, what? So Dustin at the owns Triple Crown Athletics, and yeah. that's where I'm out of. And Dustin, was, I guess, was there too and told us yeah. the story. He's like, yeah, this dude went to go jerk, blew out his knee, Donnie looked at him, went to the next person and goes, don't mind that. Go yeah. ahead and like, just, just uh-huh. like screw that guy. Do your thing. Like, uh-huh. Didn't even care. I literally was like, all right, let's front squat. And I was like, well, I'm going to work up to about 135, and I'm done for the day. Yeah. All right. All right, so anyways, how do you get to, uh, to Russia? Sorry, we go, no. go on tangents. I mean, anytime you're going to talk about Donnie Shankle, I'm down. Yep. So, no, Kolkoff was offering the international weightlifting camp. It was the second one. Um, I applied to it and got an email back very surprisingly. Like, oh, is this real? Like, you know, yeah. like, whatever. Like, sure, like, oh, yeah, you've been accepted to come. And I didn't believe it. So I was like, hey, I was like, you know, I, I don't know if this is real. Is there any way we could Skype? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to see if this is actually cold call. Before, like, before you yeah. sent wire transfer over. Well, so if you <laughs> said yes, like right off the bat, the first email was like, yes, uh, you can come send blank amount of money. <laughs> well, a lot, uh, way too yeah. much to this random name in Russia, yeah. right? Right. Transfer. I'm like, Ugh. so yeah. sure enough, I'm like, can we Skype or whatever? And Alex, my assistant coach is at the house and he says, yes, I will call you now. And I'm like, oh, all right. And sure enough, bloop airs a Skype from Kokov and I answered and I'm like holy shit it really is him yeah. so I'm like giddy like a little schoolgirl, you know meeting you know like their crush or whatever and it was him I'm like alright man like I just wanted to see if this is real besides that Skype and that one email that was it so I had no idea what was going on mm. I sent a bunch of money he said be here this day landed at the airport and was like well I hope somebody's here mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on I could just spend away a whole bunch of money no idea Right. Sure enough, I'm walking through the airport and there's a big dude holding like the sign that says like you know Mr. Scott. I'm like, holy crap! Is huh. that and it's Dmitry Berestov, the Olympic champion wow. from Athens, right? Yeah, Athens. So I'm like, oh, all huh. right. Well, there's an Olympian, cha- Olympic champion. I'm like, all right. I guess uh-huh. this is real. Uh-huh. Pack me in somebody's car. Have no idea and just start hauling down the highway in Russia. That's how I got to Russia. Uh-huh. There was like pretty much no information. So what um what kind of uh, stuff I guess what what did you like what because again I know I've been through a level one if you've been to any seminar yeah, yeah. you know totally different. it's yeah I can imagine their training style is probably a little bit different um, again because you also what you're thinking about too is right is like if you have a bunch of that's the, probably the biggest transition for anybody coming from CrossFit to weightlifting oh, you yeah. know is like. I literally joke around, uh, you know, shout out to MJ because I always give her crap. You know, it's like she'll be clicking out 80% cleans and doing touch and go. And I'm like, well, two things. Slow down yeah. CrossFit. Number two, mm. you can lift much heavier then. Right. Like yeah. if you're yeah. doing touch and goes like they're nothing. Yeah, for you sure. Know, and then, that's the first thing. Yeah, we get somebody new at the club and they come, nothing nothing against CrossFit. It's just they different stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're immediately banging them out, right? I'm like, Literally, I have to go sit down like they don't three, five down. minutes, and they're like, "Huh?" I'm like, 
bro. It's the best thing about out. weightlifting. Yeah, I literally. Sit down. I was like, I was like, that's the best part of weightlifting. You get to be lazy. You get a chair. So, but, but anyways, uh, and so, again, what yeah. kind of stuff do we go through? I'll just kind of just explain the whole Russia thing. Um, it was an international camp. There were people there from Lithuania, um, Mexico, oh my gosh, Iceland. We had people from all across the world. I think there was like eleven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. So we were at. I would have no idea how to pronounce the city's name. We were a little outside of Moscow, about 30 minutes, um, at the Russian National Training Center. So if you watch any of the YouTube videos of like Kolkhoff hitting, you know, some of the mm-hmm. crazy complexes he has, um, Apti, all those guys with like the wood floor and the wood paneling, mm-hmm. wall, that's where we were at. We got uh-huh. to train there. So it's, a, it's their Olympic committee, or their What's Olympic- it, smell like in there? In three words. Surprisingly good, in two yeah. words? Yeah. So I'll explain the Russian culture. But um, so at that facility we're at is weightlifting, basketball, soccer, and I think there was another sport. So in Russia, they're Olympians or people that are trying to go or full-time. That's their full-time job. So they live there. They eat there. They That's all they do. So there's uh, steroids there. What? Uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about that, no. I'll be Just more keep happy. Going. Keep going. I'll explain <laughs> supplements uh, in Russia. But no, so we went there. Um, we got to train in the same facility that the national team trains in, and we stayed in the dorms that the national team lives in. Um, when we were there, the national senior team was not there. It was the junior and youth team. Uh, still absolutely insane. Um, some names that you'll, you know, Olga Zombrot was there, um, Marcel was there. Um, so some big time guys that were juniors, the junior world champions were there lifting. Um, Vladimir, uh, the head coach of the women's national team, he was there. Um, so there was a lot of big names and you got to see some crazy lifting. Um, but every day we did two sessions, a morning, evening session, um, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then between sessions, you got massage, you could do sauna, Russian banya, um, cold water therapy, whatever you needed. It was there just like the full-time guys. Um, what did you do for that cold water therapy? So in Russia, you do, it's called banya, which is a Russian style sauna. It's a very wet sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, you sit in there with these little crazy hats on and Dmitry Kolkov or Beristov will be half naked and they take these branches and like they beat you with these branches while you're in this sauna. Oh, that's uh, I can, I'll, sh- I'll have to share the link when you yeah. can see all this. They beat you with these branches and you're only like in there for like three minutes because you're dying. And mm-hmm. then you open the door and right there there's this little tiny pool down in the basement mm-hmm. and you just run in, jump in that and then you freeze in and then you get yeah. back in there and you do it like three or four times. So oh, the whole thing amazing. is about 15 minutes and as hard as I trained there was never sore because of the recovery they had. The hot, Good cold. food, massages, PT, the cold water therapy, whatever you needed, mm-hmm. you had full access to it just like, you know, the professionals there and that's what they, right. you know, they're professional athletes. And uh, so we did that twice a day and then at evening we had seminars. Um, after practice mm-hmm. those sessions. So we had anything from um, Dmitry Kolkov's dad, um, who's a world yeah, champion, yeah. came in and actually spoke, uh, which was the whole complex was like kind of mind blown because I guess he's a very, he's like a hermit, doesn't uh-huh. leave his house. So that was really cool. Got a history lesson on Russian and USA weightlifting mm-hmm. and what like the, their aspects on, you know, how these two nations have re- been together and how they've reacted throughout the sport supplements we could have, we mm. had training on supplements if you know what i'm mm. saying mm. uh diet nutrition programming Boris shako uh the world's most winningest powerlifting coach came in and did a seminar 
on his um, programming. So uh, maybe some pictures were taken of his programs and right. his volume nice. and intensity stuff. So mm-hmm. um, Mr. Universe came in. So we got like some high end oh, yeah. people that came That's in great. and talked and not just weightlifting, but we got cool seminars too. Mm-hmm. So, and then we of course went out downtown Moscow and drank a lot of vodka. Uh, yeah, I wish I could remember. So yeah. yeah. It was one of the you wildest. Ever, you ever seen that, that Burt Kreischer comedian? Exactly, 100%. <laughs> Russia, you do whatever you want. And when you're with Dmitry Kolkov and Dmitry Berestov, actually Berestov's a bigger name out there because he's the champion. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing as walking down the streets with Peyton Manning here. Wow. You go into the bars, everyone wants signature. Maybe not signature, but it's a, you're with a big-time dude. Free alcohol, free this, whatever you want, it's on there. Wow. So, wow. like yeah. Berestov, dude... It's kind of like that Russian thing, super Russian. We all get loaded up on this bus to go down to downtown Moscow. We were going to go eat, bowling, go drinking, all this crazy stuff. We get there downtown. We get off the bus. Beresov has a shirt on and then his Russian national jacket, right? Mm -hmm. Immediately takes his jacket off, takes his undershirt off. Mind you, it's like 10 degrees out, right? Because it's November in Russia. Mm -hmm. Puts his jacket back on, doesn't zip it back up grabs a cigarette and just starts walking down the street with jacket open, bare chested, smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, what is going on? Walks into the first bar he sees, walks behind a bar, pours himself a beer, passes him out, just continue on to the next one. Like the dude's not like, yeah, it's whatever you want to do. That's crazy. That sounds like, honestly, the experience of a lifetime. Man. It is. So I'm, you know, and whatever you pay, it was worth it, I'm sure. It was. Yeah. I mean, don't, so yeah, it was extremely expensive and I, had a lot of help from a lot of good friends that helped me get over there. Well, that's um, good. But, and, and from going from Russia back to here, um, my club is still a pretty Russian style mm-hmm. gym. Um, my training, how I write programming, how we run a practice, how we do things is pretty Russian. I teach a pretty Russian style lift. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a blend of American and Russian. Mm-hmm. There, if you look at the two different nations, there is a pretty big difference mm-hmm. of how the lifts are done and what their mentality and thought process is. Not saying one's better than the other. Um, I just prefer to teach the Russian style. I understand it better, and it's worked out for us. If someone's got you know limb lengths that don't work out or anatomy or doesn't understand it, I'll kind of switch back to the double knee bend, mm-hmm. you know, which is more of an American style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's we're definitely. Russian style type. Russian is a little more of a straight pull. Yeah, uh, stay over the bar as straight. long as you possibly can till yeah. death. Yeah. So if you guys know Mark Canella out of Columbus weightlifting, I did my level one with him, and like the first thing you do is like snatch that lift. I did a snatch that lift. He looks at me, do it again. He looks at me. He's like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Why are you lifting like a Russian?" Like he knew immediately yeah. that I had a Russian style yeah. pull. Yeah. You know, I was like, I told him. He's like. Oh my gosh, I actually recognize you because they watched the documentary on it. He's like, you're the drunk guy in the video. The time, I'm like, yep, that is me. Yes. He's like, oh my gosh. But yeah. So like someone that was an American coach immediately was able to tell that it was a different style. Yeah. Well, it's, it's obviously been very interesting to watch the evolution uh, within the last couple of years, um, you know, of the American weightlifter because it's obviously blown up. I mean, you if you pay attention whatsoever it, it's been it's become yeah. uh a force to definitely be reckoned with i mean um just between cj alone, cj i was about to say cj C- and kate and i yeah C- cj alone or is is looking that he could actually i mean he's literally breaking senior records as a junior right well he's sitting number one right now in the world in ruby points right so it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see unbelievable athlete yeah, yeah i remember years ago 
and this is I don't know how well known the video is and it could have just been a clip but it was him in the back of a CrossFit gym at 13 years old and he snatched mm -hmm. like 235 you know just pounds yeah, like, was, not even a weightlifter right. yet just like in the back of a gym and it's just like oh that kid's yeah, that kid's gonna do something yeah as soon as he like even started breaking into social media you knew immediately like okay if this kid can figure out that jerk a little bit yeah <laughs> he's gonna be unstoppable that was like Kendrick you know a little bit with the jerk you know well yeah like, Kendrick had that crazy half step yeah. back squat not squat jerk thing yeah and now I think CJ's finally figuring his jerk out and it's well dangerous. now his jerk is it's so weird to it's watch it's like a push jerk or something it's not yeah it's like is it a push jerk or is it like it's very yeah. odd looking, but it he's so it's fast. A lot of over All I know is whenever yeah. that bar meets his hip, he's under it. Yeah, yeah. Like, fast. like if you blink, you're like, oh, wow, that's. And he's got that? a pretty neat style to watch too. Yeah. Like he's not your. I don't think he's got a very traditional style lift. I think it's mm -hmm. definitely CJ style. I think you're gonna see a lot of. Uh, I mean, again, just look at look at the evolution of CrossFit, um, where, you know. Way back when, when I started, it was like, well, we went to regionals a whole bunch of years in a row, but now would wouldn't even be close. Oh, you know, yeah. Even at my quote prime, wouldn't even be close to the realm of where people are at now. So I think that's exactly what you're going to see. I mean, the the entry totals for uh, yeah, I've already experienced it. American Open, um, you know, the well, the series is obviously allowing people to get on the national stage, but it's more of a revenue generator than. You know, yeah. we'll hey, about that. but you still won't admit that, right? <laughs> so um, they say they don't make any money. But it's one of those things where you know you're going to see these entry totals just go up and up and up, creating this more, um, you know, Matty Rogers is a great example. Like she'll be quote just an average athlete in the next probably ten years as far as weightlifting goes. I mean, she's a freak athlete right now, and what we see. But I think in another decade, like she's going to well, be the tip of the spear just gets sharper, sharper. And sharper. exactly because yeah. you got I more mean, people to pull from. Yeah, when I mean I've qualified for national meets, but my total right now, uh, you know, there's nothing like my total, like, yeah, for sure the totals have just gone up so much. Like at one point I was a you know a national level athlete, but mm -hmm. now I'm just like, yeah, right, kid, good luck, you know, oh, go hang, yeah, you know, maybe qualify for youths at like 29, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, that's the other thing too, right? Is you also, and that's a lot of that's something that people need to understand, uh, as as well as especially getting into weightlifting, right? Because it is. It is a defined sport. CrossFit evolved into this sport mm -hmm. that, like, if you're gonna do it, you need to have the right mentality and, like, I'm gonna do this because I enjoy the sport. Like, I have no, you know, false ambitions that I'm gonna be this like amazing. I just really enjoy it. I really, it's like oh, my, yeah. it's my zen time. It's I can focus on perfecting these two to three things. I can take my time doing it. And it helps me in other areas. So I think like people that get into weightlifting, like know that if you're gonna do it, like know that you can perfect it and still not be the best. You know, you're like, probably not gonna be the best. Exactly. Yeah. Well, especially especially if you're not yeah. eleven. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, you see these fourteen, fifteen year old kids now that are like putting up insane numbers. You know, so it's the deck's kind of stacked against you if you're around our age and you're just starting out. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, you're. You really, it's like gymnastics, you know, you got to start when you're really young and learn the movements and that's why CJ is so good, you know, he started so young and he's got the mobility and yeah. the speed and he's got a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That helped. Yeah. That helps a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To have all those factors at once. And that's what, yeah, to get, to be a, you know, an elite level weightlifter and like, kind of like you said, like 
at some point, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you're mm-hmm. as much work as you put in and as how good your coach is, some people are just not going to be, right? It's just like, and, and it's not just, it's just reality. Just think about Mark and Kyle Yurchak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're at regionals one year. What year was that? It was like 2000. Uh, it might have been. 11 or, I think it was 12 because I think Rich just won the yeah. games. And it was like, and we're sitting there, and there's our buddy Kyle, and he's got to kind of know our relationship. He's a funny guy. And we like to have fun, and he just started at the gym, and you know how when he first got into CrossFit, you're like, I'm going to the games. Oh yeah, duh. And Rich Froning's literally it's like a fat bar, and he's like lunge. The finish of the workout was like this long lunge, and he's lunging down the Columbus Expo. Almost passed out thing. during the workout. And he's going unbroken, just like, and I think Dan Bailey was actually out in front of him. Like he overtakes him, and the crowd's like, Wah. and I just look at Kyle, and I'm just like, I can never make you that good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest here. <laughs> it's just one of those, but it's fun. It's it's funny because it's true. Yeah, but it it really is though, because you have to take in, take into account, take inventory of your own life, and figure out why you're actually doing something. But, right. You know, even more like practical example, I think everyone can wrap their head around. If you're a five four. You're not going to be a professional basketball player. I'm sorry. Whoa, hold on. You know, I don't have <laughs> But especially if you're 5'4 and you're white. Spud, Spud yeah, dude, yeah. come on. Oh, but, yeah, one, yeah, one of many. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. Like, you have you have to have realistic expectations. And one of the things we do here um, that's kind of evolved over, you know, our six years in, in business is we really try to have that con- honest conversation up front with people. Like, hey, look, if you're uh, classified as morbidly obese, like, you know, we're probably not going to start with muscle-ups. Like we gotta we gotta set the expectations, right? Like and have a realistic like, hey, look, we just need to dial in your food, and and all these things first. And, and weightlifting, um, I'm sure whenever you guys um, again, I don't really have as much to do with the weightlifting um, as you guys are doing. Whenever you guys start with people, it's probably with a PVC pipe, a dowel rod, or an empty barbell. You right. Know, it's not we're gonna load up the bar with 100 kilograms and let's see if you can get it. Yeah. Like my technique gets better when it gets heavier. It's like nah, I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll be able to do it later. Yeah. What uh, actually is a good question. What does your uh, what does your kind of process look like for somebody coming, you know, starting out brand new? So never touch the barbell. Sure. Okay. So <laughs> um, I'm pretty on the spot, <laughs> meaning. Yeah. So first time, it, it obviously it depends if they're youth, older, but if an average, you know, 19 year old kid walks in and says, hey, I wanna come a weightlifter. Okay, we're gonna start with some really simple, probably what you guys do in CrossFit, just athletic ability, see kind of how they move, mm-hmm. if they understand body awareness, mobility, you know, start with some simple things. Hey, we're gonna teach a strict press, mm-hmm. um, an air squat, and you know, a push up. You do those three things, you can tell a lot about somebody mm-hmm kind of like okay this guy i'm gonna have a little bit more work to do you know we're gonna have to literally teach him how to know what his knees are compared to his hips mm-hmm. type thing and and that, that first day within 30 minutes i i can get a game plan for that person um i don't do the same thing for everybody there's just no way for me you know i have the ability since we're a smaller club i can take someone and kind of do exactly what they need to do to become a, a weightlifter you know like i said you know one person day one they might get a bar in their hand like mm-hmm. oh wow okay this guy understands his body i could teach him a deadlift today especially if they're in high school and they've had some sort of some sort of coaching yeah you know they body awareness is probably the biggest part of it that's right? what i said yeah body awareness like if i say you know lift your butt and they you know stick their head up i'm like oh no put your butt back down or uh-huh. you know lift your butt like then it, it's super simple like i said i always tell people like hey 
I'm just going to see how you move today, and then I'm going to get a game plan from there. And that's what I do. And then, you know, we don't get a lot of brand new Never Touch the Barbell people mm-hmm. at the club. Um, you know, we definitely have more of CrossFitters that, hey, I want to get better weightlifting. So, mm-hmm. to me, is way worse. I'd rather just have somebody from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you, I would imagine you too. Yeah, Someone, you, you, you know, if you don't have to correct bad bad habits. Okay. Bad habits, and yeah. then the big thing for me is teaching differently than what they've ever had, right. right? And a lot of them come from the CrossFit world, not knocking CrossFit at all, but they come in and they lift a certain way that CrossFit, most CrossFit gyms teach, you know, the double knee bend is pretty normal. I'm like, okay, guess what? We're gonna scratch all that and you're gonna learn how to lift the way I want you to lift. Mm-hmm. And usually the first two weeks they hate me, their lifts are terrible, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, this guy's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, give me one more week. Mm-hmm. you know. And then things start to click. We're gonna teach you some different things, we're gonna have different cues. So for me, I almost rather have someone brand new that I can put in positions that I want. They understand my cues right off the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier, to be honest, but of course, you know, someone that comes in that's already had weightlifting experience, I want them to. Um, we've had great luck with that. Um, there's a kid named Michael. Um, he's from Nick Your Anchors Gym up in Indiana. Came in with a 60K snatch, and in three months, we went from 60 to 90. Oh, wow. So Michael, and he's been weightlifting for a long time, and it's not that Nick Your Anchor was a bad coach. It's just what I've taught Mike is different way to think about it, and it's starting to click for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, we've been had really good luck or success with both ends, brand new compared to someone that's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a sign of a good coach. Absolutely. No, good athletes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, that, that's a big part of it. Sometimes you just get very lucky. And, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. well, you're stupid strong and you have. And, yeah, I think for us, I think we've been, I don't know if you guys watch, if you guys are on our Instagram uh, or Facebook, our Asher He's that mm-hmm. little 10-year-old kid that we have. Yeah. Um, that's like talk, going back to that CJ Cummins. When I look at Asher, I'm like, this kid, if he wants to do this sport, he could be extremely well. Yeah. Um, he's been doing it for one year. He's qualified for youth nationals. He's like sitting third at the start list. Mm-hmm. Has the most amazing mobility. And he understands the lift to the point where it doesn't make sense already. Mm-hmm. Like I can go, Asher, what was wrong with their lift? And at 10 years old, doing it one, actually he was nine. I was like, what was wrong with that lift? And he'll be like, oh, they bent their arms too early. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, they started with their toes off the ground. I'm like, how are you watching this already? <laughs> like, he understands, he yeah. can give the right cues right off the bat. I'm like, right. this kid is special. He understands it, and he's got the greatest attitude on earth. Yeah. Smiles, you know, he gives, he's one of the kids that gives you a hug, mm-hmm. you know, hey coach, and then when he leaves, thanks coach. Like, mm-hmm. every day, great attitude, fun to be around, and that's the kid that I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, he understands this sport to the point where I, he's already like understanding it better than me. It's like, okay, cool. this kid's going to be special. That's great. Yeah, and he, that'll be uh, next weekend, 20, 27th, right? Yeah, so well, I just need to find him a better coach. I'm like, I don't want to ruin this kid. <laughs> no, it's like, wow, he's well, so good. the good thing, you know, you have these feeder systems, right? And if you can get him to a certain point, then who knows? No, i knocking myself there. But no, no, I think, you know, we can do a lot of stuff with him. I'm excited to see where him and my whole youth team um, – we have a huge youth team. Uh, I enjoy working with the kids a lot. They're a lot better. You, you have you have yeah. probably uh, your demographics definitely a little bit younger. Uh, as far as you know, I know just our general gym is a little bit older gym than where you have a lot of kids and a yeah, lot of youth like, athletes. I, I don't know, eight, nine, ten dedicated youth got people that come. You know, youth lifters, mm. not juniors, youth. Right, yeah. yeah, and then we have juniors too. But we do have, 
you know, I don't know, another 10 that are in the 45 plus range. Right. So, but the youth thing has just somehow blown up for us. Um, I don't know, maybe they look at me and they're like, oh, that kid's my age. (laughs) So. Well, that's great. I mean, again, you, you find, you find not, not just find your niche, but you find something you can, you know, take your passion and pass that off to someone else, especially at an early age where they're very, you know, formidable and things like that. And it's a great thing for them. So oh, yeah. kids are fun, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that, like I said, even if a lot of times, even if they have a bad day of lifting, they're usually still smiling. Mm-hmm. And that's so much as a coach, that's a lot. It's a, it's a better environment to be in than, in, than your senior athlete that has a bad day. And then, you know, they hate weightlifting and they're never going to do it again because they miss an 80% snatch. It's like, mm-hmm. bro, bro, come on, like yeah. chill out. Yeah. You'll be fine. So, yeah. but I enjoy my senior athletes just as much. And the senior athletes, you definitely can push harder mm-hmm. you know you can get on them we run a very we're a sports team mm-hmm. we're not a fitness organization we are a sports team so mm-hmm. it's a coach to athlete relationship we have practices mm-hmm. we have academic requirements for the kids we mm-hmm. run that very strict style thing and i can get on those senior athletes a little bit more and push them a little bit beyond their boundary or what they want to go a lot more than that mm-hmm. kid so that part's fun too like you know we have some senior athletes like that are strong that are breaking in that state record area getting on that national level you know like okay, well let's see what we can do. You know, let's really push it, and that's fun too. You want to see big weights moved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys got an event coming up, right? Yeah, man. Uh, so July fourteenth at one p.m. Um, at our home gym at Triple Crown Athletic, we're doing a open house and charity blitz. Um, what we're doing is we're trying to raise money for an organization called Kids to Camp. They're based out of Cincinnati. And they send at-risk youth, underprivileged kids, some special needs kids to sports and athletic camps, um, trying to get them involved into something. Um, and they even get pa- paired up with a mentor. Um, so Kids at the Camp runs their own camps. But if there's a kid that's you know underprivileged or at-risk and they want to go to a camp that Kids at the Camp doesn't offer, they write a check and send the kid. And then they get oh, paired great. up with a mentor. Um, it's a pretty cool organization. Um, so we're trying to raise money for them. Um, we're doing raffle prizes, silent auctions, um, just some random giveaways, split the pot. Um, food truck's going to be there. Um, hopefully Braxton's will be there. We haven't mm. dialed that in yet. So if you guys like beer, um, we're going to, and then we're also going to do some weightlifting stuff too. We're going to do some demonstrations, a free coaching seminar. Um, what else are we doing? Some discounted rates, um, a power snatch competition with a prize. Nice. So if you are experienced in weightlifting, if you want to come out, we're doing a little um, like three-minute clock, mm-hmm. power snatch as much as you can. At the end of the day, whoever's got the highest Sinclair, male and female, will get a little prize. Um, we got some pretty cool stuff that's going to be there for raffle prizes and auction items. Um, Rep Fitness is donating some bars, mm-hmm. some sandbags. We got uh, season passes at Perfect North Slope, tons and tons of booze. Mm-hmm. So if you like bourbon... We're going to have a lot of bourbon baskets, tons of gift cards, um, really random stuff, man, from, you know, a local deli gift card to, like I said, Perfect North Passes to Reds Tickets, Full Orange Freedom, a lot of fitness supplements, um, Iron Mind stuff, just a gaggle of stuff. So trying to, you know, whatever you like, even if you're not in the fitness thing, um, we'd like for you to come out, help support uh, Kids at Camp. There's also going to be a pet rescue on site. Uh, Lucky Tails Pet Rescue. So, if we're looking for a furry friend um, that needs a good home, they're going to be out there. So, we're just trying to be in the community as much as we can. Um, I really push that with my team. Yeah. Like, we do, you know, um, community outreach. We do, 
you know, get out in the community and be a part of something more than, you know, sitting on the couch and weightlifting, right? Be a positive impact to your community. So that's what we're trying to awesome, push. Man. Well, it sounds like a fantastic uh, establishment. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you for obviously coming out today, taking your time. Uh, yeah, man. Taking time out of your day. We always end the, the conversation, which is a pretty quick question. Just uh, what is your definition of success? Ooh, what is your definition of success? Um, man, you put me on the spot, dude. You should have, you could have given me like a, an hour notice. No, definition of success. If you think you've made it, if you think you are successful, you probably aren't, right? Uh, I think that the definition definition of success is to constantly want to do better. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. But if you're like, okay, I've made it. You know, I opened up my barbell club. I'm successful. Nah, man, that's not it. You want to keep going. If you have that mind to keep driving, keep going, that's what makes you successful in life. Not, you know, thinking that you did it and that's the end. Just that want to constantly be better and do better. You know, that full maximum effort 24-7 until the day you die. Awesome. I love it, man. No, it makes sense to me. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. I appreciate you uh, yeah, again coming out, me. man. This uh, is super cool. And thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Find us at triumphstrength.net, on Instagram at triumphstrength, and Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength. Thanks awesome. again, guys. Yay. See you.